I used to do lots of things. There we go. Yeah. Oh. Episode five zero, man. Holy shit. Oh, it's the fiftieth episode. Yeah. Oh, we didn't. I didn't plan anything for that. Yeah. Uh, nothing but stupidity is what I planned for this for this right. recording. So you were gonna you were gonna talk about the origins of the moth joke. Yes. So Norman was famous the, joke. The infamous. Oh, and, and for anybody who hasn't seen it yet, go check it out. when he was on Conan. Um, yeah. So that <laughs> joke, the original incarnation of the joke, is super basic, and and I think he, I think he said that it was Colin Quinn who told him that joke, who was who was on SNL. And the basic joke of it uh, was like, you know, uh, this moth goes to a podiatrist's office and then he says, you know, hey, doc, you know, I got all these problems. I'm schizophrenic. I'm paranoid. I can't sleep at night. And then the podiatrist says, well, you've got a lot of problems, but, you know, why did you come here? I'm a podiatrist. And then go, you need to see a psychiatrist. And then the moth mm. goes, uh, yeah, but the light was on. And he goes, and then Norm's like, you know, that's like a 20 second long joke. And so anyway, sometime later, I'm on Conan O'Brien's show, and we do a segment, and then he goes, uh, all right, everybody, stay tuned. We've got more Norm MacDonald. I didn't know that there was going to be a second segment. So I asked Conan during the commercial break, hey, how long is the second segment? Hoping it was only going to be 20 seconds long. <laughs> and then he goes, oh, it's going to be seven minutes long or whatever. And he goes, so I had to think of materials. <laughs> so he, he took that one you know, 20 second joke yeah. and expanded it into minutes and minutes of just going to like Russian literature. Yeah, like the brothers <laughs> Karamazov, I think, or like, like yeah, Dostoevsky. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I love that. Like he was just so good at just playing like this awkward, just making shit up on the spot and, and killing it. And not uh, breaking. Like yes. that, that's, and I've said that, I mean, I've said there are a lot of reasons I couldn't be a stand up comedian. I'm not that funny, but. Another one is that, like, when I think I'm being funny, it's really hard for me not to laugh. Yeah. So even when I'm doing other people's bits, I'm, like, trying really hard not to laugh. And he – I don't know how he did it. It's actually amazing. I swear. One more quick little Norm MacDonald story. So I got to see Mm. him at the San Jose Improv years ago, and Mm. he he killed it. And I remember the last joke at the end of the set, he he kept – he kept – uh like uh building it up he's like oh you know this is the funniest joke you're ever gonna hear trust me like you 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 will this you will never laugh as hard as this joke ever and so he told the joke and fucking like he pulled it off it was like the funniest joke of the night and i can't remember that joke it was just like it's just like magical and ethereal like it was like he managed to crack us all up but it's just sort of like no one will believe us that 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 it was the funniest joke ever but it's like i think you just have to like you just have to like comb through his 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 backlog and try and find it uh, yeah he was he was special man that yeah. it sucks that he died yeah but anyway uh, that's not what we're talking about at all yeah i know this is, the, the reckless muse is alive and well yeah i don't know how we got into that but we're just talking about norm off, yeah off you, de- you derailed us it's your fault uh, we're gonna okay. talk about horror stuff yes but before we do that uh yeah. you got any uh <laughs> you got me. Uh, what's what's the, how's the artist life uh, treating you, Ben? Have you uh, done anything interesting or creative lately? Uh, I'm just I'm going through the second self edit. So after I finish a manuscript, uh, novel manuscript, not like short stories and stuff. Like now I print it. I do self edits, handwritten, yeah. like on it, and then I take those and I put them onto the doc on my laptop so that's what i'm going through now nice um 
Yeah, I have a couple short pieces. I'm more, but like, I realized I was being too scattered and I was like, you know, I need to finish this and then work on like a few short pieces and right. then I'll start working on another book. Um, I'm going to not, the book I just finished, the manuscript I just finished is um, a sequel and there's mm. going to be a third, but I can't work on that third yeah. right now. I need to take a break right, and, right. And, work, and, and work on something else and I'll come back to that and it'll be a three, a three part series. Nice. Sweet man. Yeah, but that's that's really it. What about you? Um, a couple small things. So today I had uh, coffee with uh, one of our guests, previous guests, Kimmy Katiti. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Nice. How's she? She's doing great. Um, she's great. Yeah. She, yeah, she's wonderful. We, we got to get her back on the show soon. Um, had a terrific conversation with her. Um, yeah, no, she's uh, uh, she is she has not been spending as much time as she wanted doing music and art but she's getting back mm. into that and she's got some cool stuff lined up so i'm looking forward to having her back on the show mm. um and i, I even told her I was like you know invite yourself just just fucking tell us hey yeah. guys i got something coming up can i come on your show so yeah yeah we, we always tell guests that yeah yeah so just let us know and, and we'll get them back on and something kind of cool that she's she's uh, in, in the process of working on is um her and another friend are kind of uh, working on getting together a group of thinkers and artists in LA who are not, I wouldn't say who are anti-woke per se, but sort of like, I guess, heterodox, just sort of people who aren't afraid to kind of speak mm. their mind on things. So, um, okay. yeah, so she's looking to get together a group with a friend. Um, so that's that'd cool. be kind of cool. Yeah. And so, do what? Well, what I mean, we're just going to sit around and talk mm -hmm. ideas, <laughs> but I don't know, kind of, kind of, kind of right. it could be something interesting. I, I've always kind of played with this idea of like building some kind of, I don't know, collective or group of people who are just not it's it's not again it's not it's not necessarily political but just sort of like who are in favor of freedom of speech and freedom of debate and expression and don't be afraid to share your ideas yeah. sort of thing um so i don't know this could be you know maybe at the very least i'll find some other guests potential yeah. guests to come show i uh i agree i always have this like romantic idea of like meeting artists and like meeting at a bar you know you always kind of yeah. see that in like movies yeah. yeah midnight in paris all the writers and painters i was gonna say yeah in france yeah they're all yeah just and that's so cool things. or like or like the village during the beat generation yeah. Yeah. um and and then i realized like i just have a general genuine dislike of humanity so i, like, <laughs> I just kind of stop that thought i know it's fun because like I, I have a very similar romantic notion as well of like oh let's yeah. bring together you know different people who are just willing to speak their minds and let's fight our ideas ideas together and let's you know, revolutionize and but then there's another part of me that's like i fucking hate groups yeah i, hate I do i really do like it's a thing it's like i tried doing a little bit of that in new orleans and yeah. i remember going to this reading and one of the authors was great i talked to him he actually coincidentally he bought my book like two weeks ago oh cool. he just like messaged me he's like hey ben i mean to buy we bought and he bought the one that takes place in new orleans so that was really yeah. cool and he was great yeah. and if you hear this you're great the guy who was with him was sucked so bad <laughs> and i'm like he's just like the kind of fart in a glass and sniff it type of writer yeah, yeah. and like was so full of himself and i tried like having a connection with him and talking and you could yeah. and i'm like dude you wrote some fucking children's book uh, like it's fine <laughs> i want to write a children's book or two one day sure. but it's like you didn't write uh you know dubliners or, or something like right. or, or i meant to say ulysses there but um yeah. you didn't write like some great novel you wrote a children's book and you're acting like you're the you know pulitzer prize winner yeah, but yeah. um and i don't know i kind of dislike a lot of 
I've always said writers are the worst people in the world. And then yeah. I changed that and said journalists are the worst people in the world. Writers <laughs> are a close second. Yeah. Um, but I do have that romance, that, that romance in me. Like I always see, you know, like the, like the young communists in the bar, like getting together, the young right. patriots during the American Revolution and talking out ideas and yeah. slamming on the table and stuff. And that's like, ah, oh, fuck, I don't want to go anywhere. Like, uh, I don't, or even at my house, I would like yeah. have people over, but I live in the suburbs. And no one, like, <laughs> like, like no, no one from Philly is going to come out here. I'm sure I could get together some artists, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to get into some of the stores like a local store around here i'm gonna try and get into to like do a book signing and things like that but it's yeah. not like living in la or new york i even reached out to a bunch of uh, new york city uh, bookstores and coincidentally uh, not coincidentally surprisingly a lot did get back to me i wasn't expecting a response or like oh you know we don't do that or we can't right now or we only yeah. sell these types of books or whatever it is but um, you know i'm trying to get out there more so yeah. i do like putting my books in stores and meeting other writers and things yeah. like that yeah. a lot of it right now is just kind of on like social media yeah. Or the podcast, which is cool. Like yeah. that, like this is the closest I really get to it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, man, that's cool. It's, you know, it's but yeah, it's it's, it's funny that we have like a similar like you know love and also kind of a distaste of like groups <laughs> like that. Yeah, I don't like. like uh, I really don't like groups. That's the thing. I, I well, you know, like I like I, I was a big fan of the IDW for a bit, but then like when they kind of it's like, oh, but this would have this what happens with every fucking group or organization or collectives. Like they start off like, oh, this is cool, this is interesting. Yeah. You know, the meeting of minds from different backgrounds, but they're all agree on a few basic first principles. But then they all kind of go. There's all this infighting and all the drama. And I'm like, uh, I don't want to be part of that. But uh, I don't know enough about that. I know what the IDW is, of course. I don't know anything. I think the honestly, I think the where we are now is just going to be people going on each other's podcasts yeah, like yeah. That, i like you notice that the same people go on barry weiss's podcast and blocked and reported and joe rogan and yeah, yeah. hopefully trm one day and it's kind of like this is what you do and right. and it's people and i think it's great yeah. um it gets a lot of ideas out there which yeah. is awesome if there were on podcasts like it was just establishment media it would be a nightmare yeah um, but i but, do yeah yeah but you know it's just at the very least like i like it's because la is so woke it's, I just like the idea of just meeting up. like it, I don't even care if it's an organized group or not. So I just want to meet other creative people who are. Yeah, you know, I get that. Not, if I was in a city, I'd probably do the same. Yeah. If you do it, if you do it, just put the laptop there and, and zoom me in and I'll just hang out with you guys. <laughs> um, and one other thing I'm doing tonight. Okay, so this this is another stupid, pretentious fucking art thing. I feel like you like these because you always go to them and then you're like, oh, this sucks. So I'm going to another one in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, it's such, and, and I actually talked about this with, with, with Kimmy, uh, yeah. but just sort of like, uh, I just love the hatred that I, that it spurs me. Like just like that. Feel. Pure, yeah, exactly. Feel <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I just burn myself just to feel something, but it's just like, so, okay. I, I, but I got the description here. Um, so it's called, I mean, so we were talking about like non-binary shit that I might be doing. So this thing is called, <laughs> the show is called The Erogenous Zone. Um, and it's at a place called The Night Gallery. Oh, <laughs> spooky. Um, nothing seems terrible. Uh, oh, okay, here it is. Hi, babes. This is the description. This is them speaking. Yeah. Hi, babes. Uh, the Erogenous Zone Los Angeles is putting on a very rare and very sexy fall showcase with their lovely friends at Night Gallery. Um, please join us for an outdoor fall show showcase of top-notch poetry, comedic performance, and music. And I was looking at the performances, and they're all—they all have uh, a wide variety of pronouns in their social media. <laughs> 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 uh, 
<laughs> so I paid. Usually, when I go to these art show things, I they're free. This one I had to pay fifteen bucks, but there's going to be complimentary beer and cocktails. So I was like, okay, I can drink fifteen bucks worth of alcohol. So that'll cover. Oh, easy. That'll cover. Easy. Yeah. What so does like, what does a cocktail cost in LA now? Uh, at your typical bar, like ten to eighteen bucks at like a yeah. What in the fuck? I know bar. I'm not stealing Barstool's bit here because they did something about this. But it's like I noticed a lot. I was in the city two weeks ago, and it was like, when did every drink just become seventeen dollars? Yeah, like yeah. that's what they were saying, and I agreed. I'm like, holy shit! Like when did? And it's just like a like a vodka soda or something. It's kind of right. it's ridiculous. Not like a yeah. bar bar, but like any sort of. I'm not even upscale, but yeah. more than like a dive bar. Yeah, like anything yeah. a little more than a dive bar, like a nice restaurant or something. Yeah. Everything's like, like a, like a martini is like $17. Yeah, no, it's the same thing here. It's really frustrating because it's like, I feel for, for twice the amount of, 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 of one cocktail, I can get, I can, you know, buy all the ingredients for that same type. Oh. It's like, okay, but I can make way more cocktails. Oh so yeah. Yeah. And you guys have that seltzer out there that I was housing oh, yeah. when I was, <laughs> when we were doing those shows, I forget what yeah. one that has like the skull on it. Yeah, like the Mexican yeah. skull, like right? Isn't it like that kind of Dia yeah. de los Muertos skull? Yeah. I don't know what that is, but it was so good. Oh, I blacked out on those during the podcast with Pat and Vinny. We <laughs> them back on, by the way. Oh yeah, we should we should reach out to them again. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah, I'm so, having yeah. vodka soda right now. I'm. It was this... not seventeen dollars. Oh, nice. In fact, the I'm jug, happy. the entire jug of vodka I bought was probably ten bucks. Uh, uh... Yeah. I, uh, I'm drinking a Paloma What's cocktail. That? It's pre-made. Oh, it's uh, it's tequila and grapefruit soda. Um, I can't think of a more worth. a more horrendous thing to drink. It's pretty amazing, <laughs> actually. I like Gra it. But, uh, grape soda? No, no, grapefruit. Grapefruit. So oh, grapefruit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, grapefruit's amazing. Okay. Yeah, so squirt right. with tequila, basically. But this I, don't, is I can't. I can't do tequila, but I know that's like in your blood or whatever. <laughs> I sweat tequila. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do tequila, man. I'm, no. my, my brother loves it. He, he has Mexican neighbors who give him like the real shit. He says like, oh, no, nice. not the stuff like the real Mexican yeah. stuff. And he's like, yeah. there is a difference, which I'll try. If it's yeah, like that yeah. good, I'll try it. But I, I can't do tequila. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, we spent 14 minutes talking about Norm McDonald and cheap vodka. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but yeah, it's October. It's, uh, it's, sober october when did when did the term like spooky season become a thing uh, i don't know i think i remember it since like i was in my girlfriend says it a ton and a lot of people i know so everything's spooky now like that mm. became the thing and there's a, a show that's a spanish show i don't know what kind of spanish but the, in spanish language that's called yeah. los spookies which i think is <laughs> pretty funny oh it's got fred armison in it I believe. oh is he in it yeah is it, it's a spanish show right or, or no i know it's got like like hispanics in it my, my sister was telling me about it. she knows i'm a big fan of fred armison yeah um, oh i thought it was in spanish I, I haven't seen it i'm not sure though i i, I haven't seen it she said it was he's good. like he's something like half, half Venice, venezuelan, venezuelan and half yeah. korean i think wow what a mix because yeah. he he can he can play like every race yeah if you yeah. get well not black but he did play Obama, didn't he play Obama? That's right. Yeah, on right. SNL. Yeah. I don't think he would. I don't think he'd be able to do that. If, if Obama was elected like twenty twenty, let's say, yeah. I don't think he'd be able to do no, that. No. Ah, oh, but because he could, he could do every race. He had, he had, he had Asian and Latino, and he could put pass for like light skinned black, yeah. and obviously white. Yeah, yeah. everyone can do white. Did, did you ever watch uh, Portlandia? Yeah, I watched a little of it. I, I, I remember like the first 
few episodes. I know like the chicken gag, yeah. like the free range kid, and they go to the farm and they see the chicken. Um, so what's I've his name? Kyle, Kyle McLaughlin from Twin Peaks played the mayor of of Portland, and he was like this very like he's like a middle aged guy, but he's very like and, and very like business suit guy. But he's Is also that very the detective in, in Twin, Twin Peaks. Peaks? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he's also trying to like be, be very hip and be very yeah, you know, yeah. like oh, like I, I, hey, vegans, I love vegans too, like that sort of thing. Like he's trying to be cool and hip. And mm. so uh, uh, he got mad. He, he calls in Fred Armisen and Carrie Brownstein into his office because yeah. uh, the local newspaper said that Portland was the most, was the least diverse city. Um, and so he's like, right. I want to be the least of anything. And he goes, you know, like we need, like I think we're very diverse. And then Fred Armisen goes, well, you know, I'm actually half you know Venezuelan and, and half Korean. And then and then Kyle McLaughlin goes, how is that possible? Those two countries are very far apart. But- <laughs> <laughs> That's good. But uh, yeah, back to the spooky season. Uh, so we're going to talk. Possum. I did watch Possum. So every, Oct- every October, uh, I thought it was uh, good. Yeah. I let me see. I have my review right here. Yeah. I gave it a 71, mm, okay, right. which on the RT scale is like a four star. It's a low four star, but it's a four star. Yeah. So my notes are, and I actually note it like I always kind of read some Rotten Tomatoes reviews and then I go to the Wikipedia to get the actors and everything, make sure I have those. And I noticed I do have some similar kind of thoughts to what I read Mm -hmm. um, from others. Uh, Not, I don't do that just like verify, but I sometimes I completely disagree and I read both um, the critics and the audience. Uh, It's fun with the audience because you start to see like they have the super reviewers. So it's like, oh, I like Nate Z. And like I always end up reading (laughs) Nate Z because he like reviews tons of them too. I want to be a super reviewer. I have like 500 up there. But anyway, um, possum. So I love Sean Harris. That's one of my first things. And yeah, I think he's an awesome actor. This is like the first movie I realized that I've seen with him where it's like not the Middle Ages. Like everything I see him in, it's like the Green Knight, the Borgias, the show, uh, the King. And Macbeth, like those are like I think the four things I've seen him in, and those are like all Middle Ages. And he's this is the first I've seen him in as a lead. The um, first time I ever saw him was actually the exact opposite. He was in a, like a Mission Impossible movie. Yeah, I, I saw I saw on his on his film Mission Impossible. Yeah. I, I just haven't seen that one. Yeah. Um, but I love him as an actor. He's yeah. great. Yeah. Really, I mean, if he wasn't in this, I don't know if I would have really liked it. Um, yeah. He's such a great like. What is I don't know how to say like facial actor like yeah. his facial expressions are I mean, that's just kind of acting right. but it, it's a slow movie there's not a lot of dialogue there's really only like two characters plus the puppet yeah it's very creepy I love that yeah I love yeah, the scenes the, with the puppet yeah the puppet's super gross and creepy and cool yeah. like I like that um it got a little repetitive I think hmm. there's a lot of just like him evading the puppet. Yeah, which yeah. which almost kind of felt like filler just to make like a feature. It almost felt like a movie that could have been like a short film. To be honest, it was actually a short story, and I actually have the collection. Story. Yeah, I actually really? have the collection that, that the story was first featured in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's like the uncanny. So it's like so uncanny horror is sort of like it, I mean, it's the possum. It, it's 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 sort of like it's not explicit. It's not blood and guts. It's not like yeah. lots of monsters, but it's more sort of uncanny, bizarre, unsettling, nightmarish. It's very, not quite. Well, it feels very British. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's it's. I feel like that's more of a subdued type of horror. Yeah. Um, the it's all in like East Anglia, which is like out there, like all the way in the east of England, very dreary and what like class and yeah. industrial. Yeah. yeah, and like marshland and um, I mean, I, I've 
been told by English friends that East Anglia is kind of like the butt of a lot of jokes yeah. in England. Yeah. It's uh, uh you, you know, Alan Partridge's uh, name seen? sounds familiar, but I don't think so. I forget who the actor is. He's the guy you ever seen the movies, the trip and all those, all the subsequent ones, but you know who he is. So. He, you've seen Tropic Thunder. Yeah. Yeah. He's the director who steps on the landmine and explodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a show. It's a very English show. I don't think it really crossed over. I don't think a lot of Americans know it. Yeah. Whenever I meet British people, I always bring it up and they're like, holy shit, you know Alan Partridge? Like, it's a very British thing. Yeah, yeah. And that takes place out there. And it, like, gets, you know, it, like, makes fun of that area a lot. I don't know what the American equivalent would be. Maybe, like, I don't know, like a Kentucky or something, like West yeah. Virginia, like that sort of, like, kind of the butt of a lot of jokes. But anyway, so the, the, uh, it's a really cool setting really depressing yeah. um you you know that like okay he's either the victim of trauma or the perpetrator of like, at least carrying around that guilt like you're not yeah. really sure for a lot of which really keeps you hooked like that's yeah. what's like okay i want to see what he did yeah. um or what happened to him or both like right. you know hurt people hurt people so maybe he was a victim of trauma and passed it on to someone else so I don't know. I, I liked it. I, I, yeah. I definitely liked it. I do think it went on a little long, a little repetitive. Yeah. I don't know if the payoff was that great, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little kind of expected it. And I don't know. It, it seemed like kind of abrupt. Yeah. yeah. And uh, but yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I have similar thoughts on that. I I, I love the horror elements. I love the scenes with the puppet. I thought they were very creepy yeah. without being like over the top. I thought they were very just creepy and unsettling. Um, yeah, I think that there were some challenges faced with taking, I don't know, I, I, I can't remember the exact page count, but it's like 10, 15 pages and expanding into a mm. hundred page, a hundred, yeah, you know, like great. an hour and a half long thing. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, overall, I really enjoyed that one. And I, I do love that bleak atmosphere. It reminds mm. me if, if, if you enjoyed that one, even a little bit, there's another film it's on Amazon prime. It's called uh, caveat. I already have, I have it on, uh, they oh, were, right. they're right yeah. next to each other on my list. Cause I'm, I think we talked about them both. I don't, yeah. Is it on Amazon right now? I know it's on Shutter, but I know you can access Shutter through Amazon Prime. You have to pay for it though, right? I'm not sure actually because oh. I maybe my roommate he had Shutter. He was paying for Shutter separately, but then when he got Amazon Prime, mm. they just kind of folded him into the, into the same one. I don't oh. know. I don't because when you, when I go on mine, it says like this movie free or buy or rent yeah. or whatever. Right. So like I just do the free ones because I yeah. have so many on there. Yeah. I have a bunch. I don't know what I'm going to do tonight. I'm going to do probably either Scream, the new mm. one. Yeah. Or, I, I I or Night of Living Dead maybe. Hmm. I'm gonna try and get a lot. So uh, last year I did like a ton. I was kind of yeah. like burnt out from horror. Right <laughs> now I've only done like four. So I want to catch up and get like maybe eight or nine in for the for the season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll probably do one of those. I have um, it comes at night on there. You seen oh that? yeah, I haven't seen that. Good. One, I heard that was a good one. Yeah. And then I always like to throw in some Asian horror, uh, Korean, Japanese. Dude, have you seen Ganjam Haunted Asylum? Have we talked about that? I don't think so. Yeah, see, accounts. it is so wild. Uh. Really good. Kind of the typical like group of young people going to a haunted asylum. Like this, it's better than anyone I've seen. Yeah, because they also use a lot of tech in it, where it's like they have like, kind of selfie stick cameras, and they're doing like a you know like a website that yeah. show the live streaming. So it's it's cool because it's like what Blair Witch would have been in 2022 or 2019 or whenever it came out, 2016. Right. Really good movie though. Like okay. legit scary. Yeah. A legitimately scary movie. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I love seeing horror movies from, from other 
countries and other cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, well, getting back to possum, like you were yeah. saying, I think if like because you were talking about the puppet, I feel like if that was an American movie, like the puppet would have started talking or something, yeah. or like yeah. would have gone bit, which is like that's just kind of more we do everything over the top, where it feels yeah. like Brit the stereotype. That's our stereotype for British. It's more like subdued, right? Um, it's more understated, more psychological. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, caveat is terrific. I definitely, I, I won't say much here, but it's it's an Irish horror film, and and the main guy actually reminds me of Sean Harris, like a younger Sean okay. Harris, because he has a kind of similar kind of high pitched, kind of, but he's still kind of raspy voice. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of the same thing there, but it, it's again, I won't say much about it, but there is something about it that has. You told of, me it was like really scary. It's pretty fucking intense. I remember yeah. Jim and I, we were watching it, and like for the most part, we're like, oh yeah, this is a cool movie. It's it's creepy. It's unsettling. It's it's interesting. And then there's one sequence at the end. I won't say, but there you was told one me. sequence. I remember you talking. I probably about okay, it. yeah. But it was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh shit. Um, and yeah. you know, we're kind of horror movie veterans. Um, yeah. So it was, you know, I'll give it credit for for having a pretty cool payoff. Um, but I, what I loved about the movie is similar to Possum, it has a very dreary atmosphere. Most of it takes place in one house, old house. Mm. But there's something about the color palette where it's just sort of like brown and green. Mm. It, it almost has like a really dark fairy tale esque. Mm. Uh, aesthetic which i really it says irish it's an irish film yeah irish it's Um, on i have it on the list i'm gonna get to it Um, yeah and i would like i would put on tonight if it was free but i have too many free movies to watch and too many horror um um let's see anything uh, that i've seen recently oh i watched a film this is uh from a few years back it was called um resolution okay Um, i've never heard of it it's that one's on amazon um as well as it's sort of spinoff called uh the endless um, they're both sort of uh, the endless is a very Lovecraftian horror film. And I remember watching it a few years ago and mm-hmm. being disappointed with it at first because I had a more simplistic definition of Lovecraftian horror, which is sort of like, oh, there weren't enough. Like when I watched it, I was like, oh, there weren't enough monsters, there weren't enough tentacles. Um, but but now but now that I'm kind of more into sort of like psychological and intellectual horror, I kind of want to revisit it and catch a lot of things that I didn't think. And also, so, so anyway, I, I watched the prequel mm. resolution. And I admired it quite a bit. So, so, so the basic plot is these: um, it's this guy and his best friend is like a drug addict, and he lives like he's like mm. a squatter in some house out in the middle of nowhere. Mm. And so he's like, you know, I, like I can't, I can't keep, you know, seeing you like waste your life away like this. So I'm going. So what he does is he he goes out to this guy's house, and he handcuffs him to a mm. pipe in the wall, and he goes, "I'm gonna give you water and food, and there's a bucket so you can go to the bathroom." But I'm gonna stay here for a week, and I'm gonna get you off this, these drugs because I love you, and like I can't I can't stand seeing you like this. Um, but he's been getting footage, like just showing up like in the middle of the night and in random places. Like someone's been like filming them and recording them, and mm. and like it, like it starts off like analog. So it's like, oh, here's some photographs of you guys sleeping in the middle of the night, and we just kind of put them under the door, and then mm. oh that's weird. And he goes in, under the house to inspect, inspect stuff, and then there's like a VHS tape of like someone's been recording them so it's like somebody's been like but i shouldn't say somebody it's more something there's some kind of weird force that's kind of following mm. them um uh and it does get pretty trippy it's a pretty cool movie it's 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 definitely more intellectual horror there's not much violence or or or, or mm-hmm. you know explicit horror stuff but i i love that it was it starts off just kind of like a thriller but then kind of starts getting a little more sci-fi and a little more horror aspects of it okay. there's some meta storytelling involved um, and then there's, a, and then the spinoff is called the endless, which is a more Lovecraftian horror film. It's about these two brothers. They both grew up on a, uh, a, a sort of commune, a cult that was like a, they, they worshiped like a UFO thing. 
mm-hmm. uh, kind of a doomsday cult and they got out of it and then but as they're as adults they're sort of like let's go back and sure. to, to kind of like tie up some loose ends and everybody there like nobody has aged since really you know, like yeah since like, cool. fi- like like 15 or 20 years since they've been there mm. and uh, same thing like it, there there are no real monsters there's no it's nothing terribly explicit but they worship some weird force um and there's like a time loop going on like out in the middle of nowhere so like they're they're like repeating events there's one scene where like in the middle of the night they're doing like this group sort of a uh, uh trust uh like activity and they're pulling they're playing tug of war and there's like this huge rope that they're pulling on and the rope just ex- extends into the sky so they're pulling on something but something's pulling cool. back so yeah. it's like oh it's, again like all these subtle things I, I i was expecting more explicit horror so i didn't like it as much but now i want to go back like i want to catch some of those smaller more subtle intellectual horror things again. these are these are like a few years old you said yeah yeah okay um and but That's anyway cool. so the endless features the two main characters from resolution just briefly in one scene but it, it just mm-hmm. it was almost like a weird little like sort of like cameo thing uh but it, it's it's interesting kind of seeing like these two films kind of tie into each other in that way but uh those are two from all right people are you watched those recently yeah well i i, I need to rewatch the endless because i watched it five years mm-hmm. ago and i didn't care much for it but i want to revisit it because now that i like the prequel now i want to like you know revisit the, the sequel so all right well maybe i'll add those no they sound interesting enough yeah let me see the other so it's for this oh so i did i talk about texas chainsaw massacre oh yeah i think we talked about that last on week, the last a little bit with Jim. We, we talked about hellraiser i know that yeah yeah and then i watched x you seen x oh yeah how was that so x i liked uh, mm-hmm. i gave it a 77 mm-hmm. um it was definitely a, a throwback kind of you know, checking a lot of the boxes, um, isolated location. It's a group of young, attractive people, promiscuous. And that I, I'm using that uh, kind of jokingly here. It's yeah, yeah. they're literally filming, filming porn. a porno. Right. Um, and uh, it's like 1979 with Texas Chainsaw Massacre was 74, I think. I right. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, creepy rednecks out in the middle of nowhere um the kind of almost kills i don't know what the term would be you know like in this one someone's one of the girls is in a a lake or a pond and you see like an alligator but she doesn't see the alligator so it's like that suspense that you know more than the character right um and the alligator approaching and like you know she gets out in time of course Chekhov's gun alligator comes in later but maybe for her maybe for someone else (laughs) but um what i didn't realize was that one actress mia goth she hmm. plays two characters. She plays right. uh, a character like her age, her, but uh, obviously a character. And then the old woman, um, which is Pearl, which is another movie that came out recently yeah. where it's like that character as a young young woman, um, which I haven't seen. I heard it's pretty good. Hmm. But X was, uh, it was cool. It, um, it definitely wasn't, I thought it was going to be a little predictable and i'm glad it wasn't it had Mm. a not not like a twist twist um and i'm kind of glad it didn't have like a big twist but it definitely had a um with like the characters it's kind of like oh here we go like this character is going to be the survive like the survival girl and she's going to be the sympathetic one and even though i can't fucking stand her and it's like no it's like oh okay like that that's kind of cool um it is a 24 so like you kind of have a you kind of have expectation with a 24 movies yeah, like yeah. overall they're i think 
probably one of the best studios. I love A24. Quality. I, I think they've, I, I have friends who are like, oh, they never miss. Like, no, I wouldn't say that. But they overall, they're awesome movies. At the very least, even if they make a film that's not very good, at least it's an, it's, it's an interesting failure where it's like, okay, but there was, you, you were kind of breaking yeah. some rules. You were doing something interesting you don't see in the mainstream. So, yeah, overall, yeah. I like them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would say what their mean would be very high, not yeah. their, or their median. Uh, their mean would be very high. Their mean movie. This is not the reckless math cast. It's not the reckless math cast. <laughs> uh, so I don't know what else do I have to say about X. I, I have a so real quick. Here. So yeah. I I know that that the film was kind of intended to be kind of like a throwback to seventies trash and cinema. Yeah. So specifically to that of of Toby Hooper, who directed the Chain, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, also mm. in the seventies. This came out in mm. nineteen seventy six. It was a film called Eaten Alive. I haven't seen mm. it, but my roommate says it's really good. I'll read you the 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 uh, uh, the quick IMDb summary real quick. Um, I see a psychotic redneck who owns a dilapidated hotel in rural East Texas kills various people who upset him or his business. And he feeds their bodies to a large crocodile that he keeps as a pet mm. in the swamp besides the hotel. Yeah. <laughs> so, awesome. Love it. Uh, Hells yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I don't really have much else to say about X. It's, it's, yeah. it scratches the itch. It, it, yeah, yeah. It's a classic, kind of hard that you come for and it's also very sexual um yeah. which is the very good looking people i didn't realize it's uh oh the male actor is um kid cuddy oh yeah if you like if you like kid cuddy music well he's in it um i nice. think you see his dick you see a dick um i don't know if it's his real dick but sweet awesome yeah. so you see that and the girls are very attractive and it's, yeah. they're making porn so there you go um, oh, all right cool so uh but the the i i almost now that i'm thinking about it i almost wish they didn't use mia goth though to play pearl yeah. and they had an older because it does feel like it's like you know this act this actress is not this age and you and i get that because an actress that age might not be able to do like the, the like, i understand that part of it but like maybe someone older than mia right. goth who's like i don't know maybe early 20s Right. Playing Pearl, this character is probably in her, at least her mid eighties, yeah, if yeah. not older. Right. Um, and there's oh yeah, there's very old people sex in it too. So nice. Yeah. My favorite kind of sex. Huh? No, it's not great. <laughs> um, I'm just looking at a twenty four movies right now. I think it's a twenty four, right? No. No. What is all this? I don't know. I just clicked on a twenty four filmography. This is great content. It's a <laughs> uh, Okay, okay, hold on. So, um, yeah, uh, 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 fuck it. This isn't great content, but yeah, Lighthouse, <laughs> Uncut Gems. Yeah, they Ari Aster's films. I thought. Midsummer, awesome. The Farewell, awesome. Hereditary, Green Knight. Yeah, they've like, they Green Knight. Like Native Sun was okay. Um. Mid yeah, 90s I, I liked. A24 Three, is kind yeah. of like a dream studio for me where it's sort of like we don't have the biggest budgets but we'll let we, we'll, we'll let you do whatever the hell you want for $3 yeah. million. Dollars. So it's like I would rather have that than be like hey, you have a 150 million dollar budget but you, it's got to be a PG-13 rating and you got it's got to yeah. star, you know, Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. And you got it's like I'd rather just give me a, a small budget but do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah, that is cool. Now I'm looking at this they they do kind of rule. Hereditary, First Reformed, which I fucking loved. 
I love like a radical priest or pre like those are my favorite like archetypes. Mm. And Ethan Hawke plays a, a priest in that. Yeah. It was really awesome. And I, yeah. he's one of my favorite actors. Uh, Lady Bird, which I didn't love like people love, but it's very the, Killing a Sacred Deer is an awesome movie. Good Time. Oh, it comes at night. Oh, good Time's good. A24. Mm. All right, I might watch that tonight. Anyway, um, oh, this movie though is supposed to be a stinker. The Sea of Trees. I have it on my I have it on my list just because it takes place in Japan, but it has like a sixteen percent on tomatoes or something. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, but anyway, uh, so X, I definitely recommend X. Yeah, that's a good movie. Definitely like a throwback, um, but made in twenty twenty two. So that, yeah. that's cool. Uh, Hellraiser, I think we talked about last episode. My yeah. issues with Hellraiser. Did you watch which, the, the remake yet? No, I don't know if I'm going to. Should I? It's pretty, no, like okay. There are a handful of cup minor like cool scenes, but for the most part, it's it's dog shit. Oh um, yeah, okay. Yeah. And no, so, I have too many other things to watch. No, and... yeah, no. You, it's 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 a if anything, it's a more diluted version of the first Hellraiser. It's just like it was. It's like the like the first Hellraiser. Is like it's, it's like it's so much more extreme and bizarre mm. and weird compared to the remake, and that's not a good thing. If the if the remake is like watered down, um, that's so, what yeah, because yeah, that's not what you're coming for. Like you're coming yeah. for that crazy shit. Um, and, and, you know, not that, uh, the, the main, the main protagonist of the first one, Kirstie, not that she's like this groundbreaking protagonist, but she was more empathetic mm. in, compared to the protagonist in the remake. Oh, really? The protagonist in this one is just some like obnoxious vegan hippie hipster. <laughs> and yeah. she's got these uh, annoying friends and you're just like, I don't care about any we of want, you. We, I, I hope they get you. I get, I hope <laughs> you guys get skinned and all that yeah. shit. And also they, they took away a lot of the, the, the sexual BDSM snm yeah. element that oh that's like so what cool. hellraiser is i know yeah that like was... added a whole nother element to it that wasn't just kind of the usual like kill people it was like sexy kill people <laughs> yeah it's like these leather clad demons who are getting yeah. you know have like this violent sex with you like it's just like yeah. it's like that's, that's so cool but it's like yeah this one it was just it was just dumb i'm i'm not uh, definitely not this horror horror maybe no, no. maybe a future one but i have too many if you ever watch it like make sure you're doing something more like make like folding laundry or something like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like have it on the background yeah. um yeah. uh i watched that foo fighters horror film studio 666 yeah that's on my list too but if i don't get to it during horror i don't know if i'm going is it any good it's okay i like the uh, foo fighters yeah yeah they're cool and 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 what's his face the steve the, Grohl. Yeah, Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl. Um, Dave Grohl. So yeah, I'll, no, keep, cool. I'll keep it on there, but I don't think it's free right now. And right. I don't. Yeah, I would say it's worth watching, but you don't need to watch it now. There are much better horror movies yeah. to watch this time of year. Um, I will say it was fun. I felt like it didn't. Um, it felt like a movie that like a 15 year old me would have written. Where it's like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to take a rock band and then they move into a studio that like a bunch of like people <laughs> got killed at. And then there's going to be, there's going to be like this hot chick who moves in next door. Like it was just yeah. like just. Um, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that is funny that does sound something you'd write <laughs> just uh, that's, that's, that's who we can that's something you'd write now i know yeah i know i know but yeah she's super hot yeah <laughs> she, um but like uh i will say it, it you know it's not a great movie like there are there are a handful of laugh out loud moments a yeah. lot of the jokes are just kind of dumb i mean you know like because it's the actual foo fighters themselves so they're not exactly great actors but they, <laughs> they each have some they have some you know chances to shine Who's um, the blonde guy in the Foo Fighters? Was it the the drummer who recently yeah. died? Yeah. Oh, he, he died. He did die recently. Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit! That's right. I like he plays. Um, 
Yeah, have you ever watched a movie that you liked at first and then you rewatched it? And I don't mean like as a kid necessarily, because yeah. that happens a lot. Yeah. Uh, but I mean like really not that much time in between, and you're like, oh, this movie kind of sucks. <laughs> ever happened to you? I'm sure it has, but I can't think of any. That happened to me with CBGB. Oh, okay. And I think maybe the first time I was watching it, I was drinking and I was just like really into the music. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like speaking of like, oh, I wish I was there in the late seventies at CBGB's down the Bowery. I remember CBGB closed. And like, even when I was in high school, kids were in CBGB shirts and and I'm wearing a Misfits shirt right now. Hey, but, um, but, uh, Actually, I don't even know if they ever played there, but they're kind of yeah. associated. But uh, yeah. actually, I think they did play there. But anyway, um, I watched that movie and I was like, oh, cool. It's uh, Blondie and it's um, Patti Smith. And, and yeah. uh, I'm blanking on names right now. Who is... Uh, who is... Velvet Over- Underground. And... No, the Iggy. Iggy Pop. Oh, Iggy and Pop, he, yeah. he plays Iggy Pop is why I brought that up. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that that act that the drummer from yeah. he plays Iggy Pop, um, and it's not a very good movie. But it is Alan Rickman plays oh, okay. uh, who I like him. He he also yeah. died, yeah, but yeah. he he plays uh, the what's his name Hilly Hilly mm-hmm. something who, who mm-hmm. created CBGB and how is it was funny. Do you know what CBGB stands for? No, it stands for Country Bluegrass and Blues. Oh, <laughs> and it was supposed to be originally like a bluegrass bar. Yeah, like blues that kind of music, and it didn't work. Like you're in downtown New York, and yeah. while in New York, you can find any like you can find your thing, no matter yeah. what it is, you can find your thing. But I guess that there were enough people who want that to be their thing there. But it, so it turned into a punk bar, mm. and because it was cheap and it was shitty, like yeah. that that part of the city was really shitty back then, not like it is now. Yeah, and um, you know, I think television, the the band television got their start there and that's really where they 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 set off and then every band went through there and it became like a a pilgrimage to both see shows there and to play there um but yeah it's and and omfug or whatever is like i forget what that stands for it's like other gormandizers i forget what that acronym is i can't remember that one but cbgb is definitely country bluegrass and blues um but anyway yeah little, little fun fact for you Nice. So Taylor Hawkins is the drummer, and he's the one who plays mm. um, Iggy Pop. Iggy Pop. Oh, okay. Anything. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that actually. Yeah, he does kind of look like him. Like, like oh. you definitely could see that. Um, but yeah, Studio Six Six Six. It was uh, Dave Grohl does a very good impression of Jack Black in that. <laughs> really? Yeah, he's basically just playing kind of like, which makes sense because he appeared in in in, in the Tenacious D music. Dave as, as Grohl is playing. Oh, is that who the devil is? Yeah, yeah. Like in tribute? Yeah. And, and, and in the movie too. That's yeah. Dave Grohl? Yeah, it's Dave Grohl. I yeah. never knew that. Dude, I like kids these days, and I know I sound old as fuck. Like kids <laughs> these days won't understand that when when we were in high school, yeah. my friends and I, like now you would do TikTok or like watch yeah. YouTube. Yeah. When I was in high school, we would just listen to the same skits like on our iPods. Yeah. And we listen to like tenacious d shit over yeah. like the same handful of skits i can still recite some of them yeah. like them ordering food at mcdonald's and he's like I, i'm i'm i want a half coke half diet coke i'm on i'm trying to watch my figure <laughs> i want a 16 piece 
chicken McNugget and just like <laughs> like we were just listening and then looking back I'm like how did we do that we were just and we were just like play tribute and listen to it and sing to it yeah. and that's just I couldn't imagine doing that as a kid now like that's what we did wow. like before basketball practice or stuff just sitting on the bench listening to, to Jack to Tenacious D skits yeah yeah those are good days man those were good days and I, I get to and that's like our kids these days type thing because our parents were like oh he's listening to our eight tracks or whatever the fuck it was back then and you know what's funny is like when I was in high school I was like longing for those nostalgic days like, man I wish it was the 70s and listen to records yeah. and cassettes and everything. but then like I look back now I'm like man actually high school and middle school were actually pretty cool like mm-hmm. you know looking back on some of those things like the way we had to like bond with each other and like burning CDs and shit and like yeah yeah, man, because it was this intermediate period where it was like the like tech in a way I feel like still brought people together. Yeah, that yeah. it doesn't anymore. Like instant messages. Yeah. Like I, I remember like putting up an away message and like going out in my backyard and coming back and like seeing people had messaged me and I would have like yeah. you know really corny away messages. They were like <laughs> rap lyrics or something. Yeah. Um, and uh, I remember like getting on the bus on like a Friday after school and we would all do get this like kids, kids these days would not understand. We would carry our fucking like Xboxes to school, and bring them <laughs> to a friend's house with like, if, like one of us be holding a TV, I would do yeah. system link. And we have like 12 of us playing in a house of TVs everywhere in different rooms. And like, and we would like run into the room and talk shit and stuff and then run back and like be on those teams. Man, would, that was fun. Cause that was the age of, why I think Stranger Things hit such a nostalgia yeah. uh, factor for a lot of like Gen X was the, like going into the suburban basement yeah. and playing Dungeons and Dragons. And right. like our generation wasn't that much different, but instead of Dungeons and Dragons, it was Mario Kart. Right. Exactly. And it was like, and it was, yeah, there was some online, like I, I, in my house, we would have a TV set up with a video game system, yeah. another TV with a different video game system and like two computers. Cause my mom was in tech really early. Yeah. Like she did tech before tech was like a thing. So we always had like a lot of uh, different computers in my house. So we have like one was for Warcraft. One was for the Sims. Yeah. Another TV was for Xbox. Another was for PlayStation. And we would just like five, six of us. And we just be farting and drinking sodas yeah. on like a Saturday night. And it was like, it was amazing. Yeah, like it was yeah. amazing and because the, there was still that social aspect to it right and even by the end of high school it did turn into like xbox live and everyone at their yeah. own houses but that like gap there where it was like an n64 and you had four people playing on one system like that is special yeah that i don't think we have anymore or i don't know i don't know what kids do now like, i don't have a video game yeah. system anymore i don't know what they do so the, the bringing the Xbox to school thing reminds me, this was, it was in college. It, it's not really related to that, but, but somewhat similar. I, so we, it, me and my best friend in college, we were, uh, um, we would spend a lot of our nights breaking into the music department, like on Saturday night, because we weren't, we didn't, yes. we weren't just like the frats unit at all. So we would, we would just sneak yeah. into like the, the, the music building and, and play on the keyboards. And um, they were getting, they, they were all these old keyboards from like the 80s. And they were getting rid of them because they were getting all new keyboards. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so they were selling them for dirt cheap. So me and my roommate, we, or me and my friend, we, we both bought them. But, like, they were super fucking heavy because they're from the 80s. They're for, like, 100 pounds or something. Yeah. So I remember – so we took one to my – it needed two of us to take it to my to my dorm across campus. So we had, like, carry it. Like, we were, like – it was, like, a boombox from the 80s. Yeah. It's, like, this big <laughs> thing. <laughs> You're just, like <laughs> – and like, dude, this is this fucking hurts our shoulders. We can't just do that because we it, it, like my dorm wasn't even that far, and it was like this is fucking heavy as hell. So what are we gonna do for the second one that you bought? 
So well, I got a skateboard. So like he sat on his skateboard and he had the keyboard on his lap and I'm pushing him like across campus. But it's like this big ass heavy, like hundred pound keyboard from the eighties. But it's what, like did it fit in your dorm? It did. I managed, I managed I managed to squeeze it into into our dorm. Where'd you go to school? Santa Clara University. Santa Clara. Yeah, I always get that confused with Santa Barbara. Um Santa Clara. Is that is that the really violent one? No, no. This is a very small Jesuit university. We no, not violent school, but like violent city. Santa Clara? No. Santa Clara's pretty small and pretty safe. What pretty, uh... where is Lost Boys take place? I know it's like a fake one, but it's like based off of Oh, like... Santa Cruz. Oh, Santa Cruz. Yeah, the murder craft of the world. No, yeah. it's not that bad. Okay, that, so it's they, not. They, Are they, they even sh- near each other? Uh, in the movie, like they shot, they shot a lot of that in Santa Cruz, but they changed the name. It was like Santa. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they, I know they changed the name, but yeah. Santa Clara and Santa Cruz aren't near each other. Oh, uh, they're probably about forty-five minutes away. Oh, they are. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. they're actually far. All right, yeah, it, those are the two I always get confused: Santa Cruz and Santa Clara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, Santa uh, Clara on the beach. No, Santa Clara. Santa, it's, it's not too far. Probably like thirty minutes from the coast. Mm. 30, 40 minutes away from the coast. But uh, that's like uh, Silicon Valley area. Yeah. yeah, Santa Cruz is just a little south of us mm. at the time. But uh, um, what do you like more? Do you like Southern or Northern California more? Good question. Um, because I've, I've I've been to like Napa and it's really nice. It's very yeah, serene, I and I can I, see why uh, Francis Ford Coppola moved there. Uh, yeah, I would love to go to Napa. Napa is really nice. Um, it's cool because it kind of has a balance. Like like it has a nice you know thriving downtown area, but it's more it's clean and it's very sophisticated and it's a little more classy yeah. um and then you you just drive for miles and miles and, and it's just ton because i was there for a film festival um mm. so which is which is really cool um so like the northern part of california is definitely more it's probably more very wealthy progressive but i don't see there's but there, it's not very urban though so there's not a whole lot of mm. uh you know it, it's still pretty clean um yeah SoCal is definitely grungier for sure, but there's a lot more to do. So there's there's mm. a trade-off no matter which way. Yeah, it's a trade-off. No. I want to do um I think we want to plan a trip to next time we go to LA mm. uh to like Los Olivos and Solvang, mm. like that. Like I want to go to like oh, that because yeah. I have I have a, a an affinity for like going to places where my favorite movies take place. Or yeah. Books. Yeah. Um I'm a sucker for that, and one yeah. of my favorites is Sideways. Oh right, yeah. Both yeah. book and movie. It's like I think one of the best combos of like the book rules, the movie rules. Like sometimes one or the other stinks, yeah, um, yeah. or just doesn't live up to it. But I think they're both great, and it's like yeah. all, one of my all-time favorite movies. And that takes place in that that area: Solvang, Los Olivos, yeah. San Luis Obispo. Yeah, that's a uh, Central Coast. The Central Coast is pretty nice. Yeah, it's like an hour north of LA, right? A little closer, like two and a half, three hours north. Oh, is it that far? Okay. It's it's roughly like halfway between like L.A. and and the Bay Area. Mm. Um, but mm. yeah, th- th- I, I've there's this gorgeous little coastal town called uh, 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 Morro Bay, um, mm. and it's it's pretty. It, like it reminds me a little bit. I used to go there for Fourth of July a lot the last mm. few years, back when Airbnb was actually affordable, and now it's just like it's yeah. What crazy. happened? I, I think it was a pandemic. I think I think they laid off a bunch of employees. Is um, that it? Airbnb and Uber, dude. In that, I don't know about LA, but like in in the city in New York, like yeah. taxis are cheaper now. Yeah, yeah. They're like better. Like if you can just get one, like yeah, Uber's nice because it can come right to your door. But like taxi also is an app. I don't know yeah. what it is, but they have one. 
and but like we just hail taxis now it's kind of old school it's fun yeah yeah like like uber i don't know what the hell happened but yeah. they I, well I, I do know a little like for years i won't get into all this like economics of like for years they were actually operating at a loss yeah just yeah. the corner of the market right. and to basically put everyone else out of business yeah and it didn't work like they like the other like lyft and which i use lyft also actually i get good points with lyft yeah with my credit cards but Lyft and taxis just like survived and I think Uber couldn't do it. And I think some bad PR and stuff like that, but like Ubers used to be so cheap and now they're like either not as good a deal or just like more expensive than just getting a cab. Yeah. 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 And and, and, and same thing with Airbnb now. So I I just go to a hotel. It's for like, Oh yeah. So that's, yes, that's right. I I just do hotels.com. Yeah. Like cheaper. And like, yeah, yeah, I don't want to have to like, yeah. And with hotels, it's like, okay, I know someone's going to be at the front desk. And yeah. I know that I'm going to get a key. I don't have to like meet some guy or yeah. something or like be accused of someone. When I went to Tokyo, we got an, also doing me wrong. We got an awesome Airbnb. We had a few and I, I liked most of them. Yeah. Um, and then like something happened and we got like accused of damage or something. We didn't damage uh, anything. Yeah. Like it's not like we were partying there. We were yeah. going out all the time and like something happened in the driveway. And, it, and it, like, there's a whole thing. He's like, okay, you have to meet me at the Starbucks and like, you know, and we're on another continent. And it's like, dude, I just want to show up and get my keys and go to my room. Like, I don't have to meet you somewhere. Luckily, and... I've never had that bad of experience. I mean, I mean, it's been a while since I've done Airbnb. Uh, yeah. So my experiences were pretty positive overall. But like when I was staying in this lovely little coastal town, it was like yeah. for 98 bucks a night, I would get a place that had a private entrance and private bathroom and yeah. like a view of the ocean or it was in the downtown areas. It was like, okay, a hundred bucks a night. This is pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. And at the time it was like, it was either a hundred bucks a night for Airbnb or 130 for a hotel. But now it's like 130 for a hotel and 200 a night for a small Airbnb in the middle of nowhere, 45 minutes away from the city. So and, I'll just do the hotel then. And what sucks, what I, I find really annoying about Airbnb is you're not paying the price that you see at first. Yes, exactly. So it's they, like, that's so, so like, many fees. So many fucking Yeah. Fees. So I'll do like, 120 bucks or something a night like that's what i'm looking for and then yeah. i click on one it's like oh 115 this looks like a good deal but it's like okay then there's this fee and this fee and this fee and like 178 dollars like, a night yeah it's it's, like, uh, hotels.com and also what's cool with hotel i don't i'm not like shilling for hotels.com but that is what i use after 10 nights you get a free night somewhere mm, yeah. and i think they like average your dollar so it's like it's not like you get a free five star if you're staying at three stars all the time right. but like they average it down it's like okay you get a free night at a place 130 bucks or less or something like that there's at least an incentive to use yes that. yes i always think businesses should do stuff like that it, I love stuff like, like that. it makes me want to <laughs> it's not always the best example is in seinfeld with elaine remember yeah you know, the sub with the, the sub like, yeah the sub yeah <laughs> like i mean i mean nine crappy subs just like she just wants to like get the thing and, like the stupid hat or but that works like yeah, that yeah. works like, people will go out of their way to, like get the punch or get yeah. the stamp or whatever it is yeah, yeah. or give them but, like something give them some percent off and it's like yeah people do that but Morro bay was cool because it, it always reminded me i would go there for fourth of july for like mm-hmm. three or four years in a row and it reminded me of like the like was amity from like jaws like the small town by the beach and mm. oh, oh it's yeah, all yeah. small town and we've all got a little parade and it's like it's like oh like, this like, is, like americana this, Exactly, but like in a way that never felt overbearing. It was just like, oh, it's just a bunch of people. They all know each other, local businesses, and it was just waving American flags. And we would shoot fireworks on the beach. And it's like, it was such, I love doing, and I would do like little writers' retreats because there's not much to do there, but it's just like, okay, like today. Go there to write? Yeah, well, it it would be like, oh, I'm going to go to this winery and I'm going to bring my notebook and just write and just have the hills over here. And then I go on a beach hike. That's very, yeah, we both have that like romantic. Yeah. uh 
artist because i used like i remember like writing in a notebook like backpacking europe and yeah. stuff like that like it is very i yeah i get that i like that i always yeah. i always wish i had the flexibility and the uh finances to just like i'm gonna go to i'm gonna go to montauk and just write yeah. for like because like, uh, do you watch american horror story no i haven't, I haven't watched. i'm surprised you, you don't because we're doing a hard episode but i know uh... okay let me finish and then you can give me your take on ahs yeah. but um the last season i actually found out today there's a new season called nyc which mm. is awesome mm. but ahs is very hit or miss last season i loved it almost felt like they wrote a season for ben d'alessio it yeah. was like uh, it was a split season and the first half was um provincetown you know in massachusetts yep. provincetown yep. uh very artistic and actually like the oldest gay area of the country oh. and that's because that's where the puritans used to send their you know undesirables because it's right, like at the right. corner I, legitimately like that's it's wow. like okay go live out there because yeah. we don't want you here um so like it, it always attracted others right and other and that creates art and um so it's there but it's in the winter and i have this love of like uh tourist places in the off season because i live near one my parents live in a tourist area yeah. but in the off season is the best and it's so fun and i love that like local feeling of like Oh, this place is ten thousand people, and in the summer it's a hundred thousand, and I get yeah. the beer when there's ten thousand people. Nice. Um, so half of it's problem, and it's this really cool concept where uh, there's this pill that artists take, and if you take the pill and it's like you're authentic, you become exponential at what you are. So if you're a violinist, you become incredible. If you're a writer, you're writing like an amazing novel, and, yeah. and the artists who are there, it's like, well, how are they doing this? It's like, how is she this? this uh, romance writer who's so popular. So, but if you are not authentic and if you suck, actually, yeah. you become like a monster, like a zombie uh, type monster. And it's, I don't, you know, there's commentary there, but it's really cool. Yeah. Um, and then the second half, which I won't, which has nothing to do with what we're talking about. The other half is about like basically aliens making a deal with the U S to give us special weapons to fight the Soviets. Sweet. And it's all about like, yeah, Eisenhower and Kennedy and all stuff. Very yeah. cool though. Yeah. Um, yeah. New, and like new Roswell and all that shit. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, I always loved that idea of like, oh, because so in, in the AHS that season, the guy's like, oh, they go get a cheap-ish house in Provincetown because it's the off-season just to like write or whatever. And I always yeah. loved that concept yeah. of yeah. like, oh, I'm going to go just do a retreat. So it's cool yeah. they did that. But um, you should kind of, if you like stuff like that, you, whenever you can, come out here. Yeah. Uh, if you're, I know you're like afraid of the East Coast. We'll be next <laughs> to you. Uh, you never made it. You've never been east of Texas. Um, <laughs> but there are towns like Cape May you would love, yeah. which I love. That's kind of like my retreat where I go for like a week. I love quaint coastal towns so yeah. much. Yes. You then you would love Cape Ocean City is where mm. actually I shouldn't say, but like that's, uh, that's, uh, that's near me. And um, there's a lot of towns like that. And I love, I love living here actually yeah. and, and being near that kind of stuff. And you get to have that like local feel. Yeah. get mad when everyone else comes like ugh. well you wrote that story you wrote the short story that's that's part of the i did uh yeah that was a great that was a cool what, little story it what's that one? Oh, oh, oh all, all bennies must die yeah <laughs> it's very very on the nose yeah i yeah. actually i think that was like the second story you submitted to the reckless muse publication i think yeah it was it was one of your first ones I yeah think. that's i i i i like it that's why yeah. i wrote it like, no. yeah, it's about it's about a small beach community that kind of it tries to keep to itself and then go, it gets on the map, so to speak. And then, you know, people from Benny is a term. I actually don't live in Benny country cause I'm South Jersey now, but Benny is a North Jersey shore term. That's an acronym. It stands for Brooklyn 
Elizabeth, Newark, New York. Mm. And it's so it's like people from those like regional areas. Yeah. Uh, kind of like invading the Jersey Shore. Even growing up when I would take the parkway down, because mm-hmm. I'm from North Jersey, there yeah. would be like, you know, kids without shirts on and long blonde hair with scientists like Benny's go home, like on the <laughs> passes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, so it's a town that gets overrun with Benny's and uh they let's say take matters into their own own hands. That thing, that story you told me about the pill that you take that makes you like mm-hmm. a better crit. It reminds me of this story that I heard. So Grant Morrison is one of my favorite comic book writers. Like he, long story short, he he took a bunch of drugs and traveled around the world and went to mysterious places and then he okay. had all these crazy mystical experiences. And he wrote them and he wrote these experiences into like mainstream superhero comics. So he'll be like, oh, this is a Superman story. What's this he is- famous for? Oh, Superman? Yeah, he's done Superman, Justice League, Batman, X-Men, Fantastic Four. He's worked on a lot of mainstream stuff, but he's done a lot of independent creator-owned stuff. But he he went on... um, uh, I don't know if he does it still, but uh, Kevin Smith of Clerks fame. Yeah, he's he's, he's, Jersey Boy. Yeah, that's right, yeah. He had a podcast called... uh, It was a comic book podcast called Fat Man on Batman. And he had Grant Morrison (laughs) on. And Grant Morrison has the most wonderful Scottish accent. Um, So he's just telling... like In the the most completely straight like pragmatic way these crazy mystical experiences that he's had and how they influence his comic book writing yeah, but he yeah. told about how when he was young and he first hit it big it was a comic it was a batman graphic novel in the late 80s that, that was like his first big hit so with all this money he was like oh shit i can travel the world and do crazy drugs um so one of the things that he did was <laughs> one of the things that he, but he, instead of going to like tourist places he would go to like weird sacred places so he's like mm. there's like this um this staircase in Kathmandu. And it's mm, got 365 mm-hmm. steps. And if you can run up them in one breath, then you'll achieve enlightenment. And he talks about this experience and how it, mm. it ended up in part of like a Justice League story that he wrote. And then Kevin Smith's like, yeah, but okay, but what does, I, I like how like the fat guy's like, yeah, but what about those steps, dude? Did you get up those steps? <laughs> <laughs> he goes, oh, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, yeah. You, it's actually shockingly easy to run 365 steps in one breath. And yeah, I achieved enlightenment. And that's what he said. But it seems that he was like in his, mid 20s and he was he was into martial arts yeah. so he was pretty athletic right right but he was just and probably on drugs or something at the time so it's yeah. like this burst of energy but he's like yeah, oh, oh there's some drugs i could I get up there in 10 seconds yeah exactly but he was just like oh yeah, i forgot to mention pack. yeah i did achieve enlightenment yeah and then the villain of that <laughs> thing ended up in a, in a justice league story but um but it, it was but yeah I, I i i love kind of local lore like that mm-hmm. but, yeah uh, that's uh I know that's uh, I'm always kind of jealous of that. I did a little of that. Um, I mean, I, a lot of my first book was influenced from my travels. Mm. Um, and yeah, that's yeah. Uh, and, and some of my other books are influenced. I mean, everything's influenced by your experiences in one yeah. way or another. Right, right. But um, yeah, Kevin Smith, I, I love his. He's very Jersey, yeah. which is great. Because yeah. New Jersey rules and clerks yeah. is like that part of New Jersey uh-huh. is he's from like Monmouth County, which I know you won't know what that means, but I love that part of the state because it's, it's some of the most Jersey Jersey. And what uh-huh. I mean by that is that where I'm from is like very metropolitan New York. So it's kind of like in that big conglomerate of like Metro New York yeah. and then Southwest part is very like metro philly so it's like philly suburbs and then i'm from like new york suburbs and then you get these other sections like the northwest is very um mountainous and rural and you obviously don't feel like like my family has a lake house up there so you also Mm -hmm. don't feel like you're in new jersey you could i actually think it's part of the appalachian mountains like some some of it and then 
where I live now is cool. It has its own culture. It's like Southeast New Jersey, very like definitely Philly oriented, but its own thing like right. shore. And, um, and I like that about it. Uh, a lot of wineries and, and the beach nice. and Atlantic city influences a lot. But like yeah. that part of New Jersey, it's just like, it's just fucking Jersey, man. It's like so <laughs> Jersey. It's its own thing. Um, there's no real cities. It's just like suburbs and shore towns. And I like it because like nothing else influenced it. Like, right. yeah, there might be some New York now. There's technically a train, but it's like too far, I would think, for people to regularly commute or enough people to regularly commute. So right. it's really like its own kind of like if, if someone was like, you have to take me to one region of the state to say this is the state, I would take you there to like gotcha. the clerk, the clerk's area. Like right, right. Red Bank, Asbury Park, like that. Yeah. Asbury Park is. I mean, everyone knows because the Stone Pony, which is where Bruce, fam- like he famously played there a lot. And yeah. I've seen concerts there. It's a great concert venue. The shirts yeah. are very famous. So I don't know if you've heard of it, but um, I don't think so. Yeah. Very famous venue at the Jersey Shore. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. You should come sometime. Maybe. I don't know. We'll now, I, I probably will. I, I I should visit the other part of the United States at some point. Actually, I, I, I almost tagged you on Twitter. It was mm. a, a list of the states that people... Uh, I don't think it was it was necessarily like the states that people hated the most. I think it was like states <laughs> that that people were moving away from the most. Mm-hmm. New Jersey was number one, and California was number two. Yeah. Oh, moving away from. <laughs> I think that's what it was. I don't oh, think it was like the least. That doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, but if, have... but like I I, I, I I don't know why I didn't, but I was going to tell you, but yeah, we we made it in the top two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the New Jersey state motto is we don't like you either. So it's like, <laughs> that's literally on flags here, which I've always said, and yeah. I feel like I should be copywritten for that. But yeah. um, I literally would say that well before I long before I ever saw those flags, but they're very yeah. they're like yellow with the state in its middle. It's like yeah, well we don't like you either. It's that's like, I'll, I'll give you guys credit for that. That's that's a clever thing. To do. Yeah. Well, we just have the. I mean, we both of these states have very high taxes. We tax the shit out of property here. You right. guys tax the shit out of income. Yeah. Um, so, and we tax. Well, everything. we tax everything. Was we'll like we drink. Yeah, we tax everything tax too, everything. though. But it's yeah, I, that doesn't surprise me at all. Do you, do you know what your sales tax rate is? It's like six point two five, I think. Oh, looks like we beat you guys. What's <laughs> yours? Into like nine point five or something. Is it really that high? <laughs> it is, Dude, yeah. yeah, you guys tax fucking everything. It was actually worse. Right. It's worse in LA than it was in the Bay Area because, because really? from what I understood, from what I understand, the living in, in LA is actually slightly cheaper than living in the Bay Area just because of fucking San Francisco. Yeah, but it's just like, but but like the sales tax is high is much higher than here, here than in the Bay Area. But the yeah, Bay Area I mean, it was like nine point three. Like it wasn't like. like yeah, we're it's still pretty bad here. And we don't tax, I think, clothes, which is a big deal. Okay. Kind of like All New right. York, I think. So that's like something. Everywhere has to get their taxes. Like, for instance, Louisiana, a lot of people, Louisiana has the highest um, sales tax. Really? Yeah. They have like the highest in the country. And in fact, wow. the French Quarter is the highest of anything. So like, you can do little, ta- like municipal, ta- it's like 11 point something. Shit. Like 11, so, but they don't have like property taxes or very low, or right. they don't have most other taxes. But like, yeah. they actually have really high sales taxes. So you got to tax something. Yeah. Actually, kind of hurts poor people more, but yeah, yeah. I mean, they don't give a shit. So yeah. nice, nice, yeah, nice. Um, uh, so you got any plans for Halloween? You, you know what you're gonna do yet? I am gonna be in the city. I'm going. Uh, I'm doing a couple's costume with my girlfriend. Oh, we are going. We are going as I'm going as James Dean, and she's going as Natalie Wood in Rebel Without oh, a nice. Cause. I even nice. got the red jacket. Sweet. And uh, I'm gonna, you know, got the white T-shirt and the jeans. Yeah. And yeah, I'm very, I'm very excited because I always love that movie. And um, 
I don't know, I'll, I'll stop there. I don't want to get, I don't yeah. want to, I, I won't get into personal stuff, but, but, yeah, yeah. um, very excited. Like a hangover that. episode, like November 1st. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've got a couple of plans, potential prospective plans. My backup backup plan is to, is to just go to the whiskey because they're having a, a mm. costume party. And like, I'm just going to, either way, I'm going to slash somewhere. Um, mm. Do you have a top hat? And Didn't you go with him last year? I go with him for like the last like seven years. Yeah. It's just like an easy go-to. It's a top <laughs> hat. And it's just like, it's very, I just yeah. dress like him anyway, just like denim and leather and <laughs> Converse. Like, oh, I need a top hat. Do you do like a nose ring? Oh, I should get, I should, I should get a, a nose ring. Though. What is Slash? Isn't he like Armenian? He, I know he's half black. And Slash is half black? Yeah, his mom's black. Really? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. I thought he was like Armenian or something. I don't know what the other half is. Yeah. Um, my dad, my dad, every year, I'm not exaggerating this, every year I've ever known my dad growing up when we were trick-or-treating, he would go to Indiana Jones and he said the hat and uh, the brown leather jacket and he's uh, like, hey, I save money. He goes, same uh, thing every year. And now it's this thing. He goes, Indiana Jones, every single year. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if I don't do the whiskey, um, something that is kind of cool, it's a little more high class. But I still kind of want to do it. So there's that old German expressionist film, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. It's one mm -hmm. of like the first. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, it's the first film to have like a twist ending. Mm. Um, they're they're going to be showing that, uh, I think, at the Walt Disney Concert Hall. But they're going to have like a live organist playing or a live mm. orchestra. Um, so we might be doing that for Halloween. Um, that sounds right. kind of it's very classy, but uh, I don't know. I'm kind of a Jack and Coke kind of guy, but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I got a couple a few plans up in here. Worst case, let's go to a dive bar, dress up a slash. So yeah, it's always it's always just fun to dress it like everyone yeah. is dressed up. So you can't yeah. Halloween's great. Yeah. It is. Yeah, I haven't actually like dressed because I, I was actually kind of looking forward to trick-or-treaters and like <laughs> no one comes. Yeah. I don't know. I'm on like kind of a busy street, maybe that's why. And I also didn't realize it was kind of dumb. This is very like I don't know, I guess adult. I guess I just assumed that kids would go trick-or-treating like the Saturday of Halloween, and then I'm like, oh wait, no, you actually just go on Halloween. So yeah, they might have been yeah. coming on like a Wednesday, and I just didn't do anything. I like didn't, but I have a feeling that I'm busy was, suing people. Yeah, it's a work day. I was just like, oh, I was just like watching TV, and they're like knocking on my door, and I'm not hearing anything. But um, yeah, come back I, with a warrant. Right, I love that, Matt. You guys have bloodshed. Yeah, I've been here two Halloweens, and I haven't had a single trick or treater. So I'm like, oh. I give up. I bought twenty dollars worth of candy. No. I give up. I'm not, I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> I like I like the memes this time of year for when it comes to trick or treat. There's one where it's like it's like Ziploc bags and like it's mm. just like and they're filled with Sprite. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like one bag of Sprite per per kid. And then there's yeah. one there was somebody that had it was like a uh, just like a, a big bowl of cigarettes and it was like please only take one puff. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. My neighbor like we would all go like all my friends and my neighbor and I were best friends and we'd go and his dad would like go to his he'd like come to our house and we would go first to his house to like start trick or treating his dad would be like handing out cans of cream corn and stuff and, like, <laughs> like be like all right here you go cans of corn here's some peas for nick here's some <laughs> corn for ben like very very funny very funny memory uh, oh man yeah <laughs> uh, my dad would give away all my candy after we went trick or treating so it kind of fucks me up as a kid bogus man that's why you're all fucked up now that's yeah. why you're all... he'd be like all right you get a piece and like, all right and it's all gone i was worried i was like three hours for this shit <laughs> you ever all see right. those jimmy kimmel things where they had they would have like parents like uh, film their kids 
So it said like, like like the parents would film their kids saying, "Hey, I I'm sorry, but I ate all your Halloween candy," and the kids would just like freak out. They're all like, oh yes, yeah, yeah. And they send the Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, they're pretty fucking hilarious, and it's yeah. so funny. Like most of the time, they would freak the fuck out, but there would be a handful of kids who took it so they were well, so stoic about it. They, like, they're maybe, like, like so well adjusted. They'd be like, "Oh, okay." There was there's right. one girl that, like the most adorable little girl. So they yeah. said, I think she's like probably two and a half, three, like barely able to talk. And like, oh, we're so sorry, but we ate your candy. You got really hungry. And the girl goes, oh, that's okay. How about tomorrow night? We'll go out and we'll get some more candy. And she's like, yeah. oh. Like, I do remember girl. those videos. Yeah. I wish <laughs> so, you would do more of that stuff instead of like orange man bad vaccines. Yeah. Hey, let's interview. Let's let's kiss Nancy Pelosi's ass sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, gross dude him and adam carolla took such divergent like i know man when they did the, and they were the, both the on the man show. show and one went like so boring establishment and the other went like total like right wing, right yeah. wing yeah, yeah. Uh, very very funny but um all right yeah, man. um happy maybe, 50th oh I yeah love. 50 episodes yes happy 50th cheers to that yeah enjoy your tequila yeah and, yeah, 50, um, 50 good ones. We'll do something at a hundred. I forgot. I, yeah. I forgot for fifty. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, that's right. Uh, all right. Yeah, we'll have all of our previous guests on at once, like two Everyone. minutes each. <laughs> all right, all right, get out of here. Next. <laughs> Tell us how much you love us. Next. Oh. Did Alma move? Yeah, she's oh, in North Dakota. Dakota oh. I believe. I think she's been honeymooning for a while now. We so. should crash North Dakota. The, the TRM goes to North Dakota. We're just both meet there. <laughs> I would, right, love to North, I would love to go to North Dakota. And let's not tell her either. Like, let's yeah, just show, show up, up at her oil field or whatever. <laughs> Dude, I want to go to that part of the country. I want to go to like Wyoming, no. Montana. Oh, last thing. Dude, have yeah. you ever had Cold Snacks, the beer? No, I haven't. Do you like, are you a big beer drinker? Yeah. You're not. Are you? Yeah, I love beer. Big beer? No. Dude, this beer, my friend introduced it to me this summer. It's like the unofficial beer of Montana. Sure. And, um, it's just like, I, the only way I can explain it, it's like good quality, like Bud Light. Like it tastes okay. delicious. Yeah. It's, it doesn't taste like a light beer, but like almost a light beer. Right. But it's really tasty and super cheap. Yeah. And it's really cool. They give like 8% of their profits to charity and nonprofits. I'm like, that's very cool. Yeah. And uh, it's... Because they only at the one place I go do they only sold thirty racks. I'm like, oh, it's kind of a big commitment. Like, so I'm just gonna end up drinking like too many of them, get fat. Yeah. So, but the other place I go to, which I haven't been to in a while, they have twelve racks. It was like ten bucks oh, for shit. twelve, which is like super cheap in New Jersey yeah. for yeah. a twelve pack of beer. Yeah. And uh, if you ever see them in in LA, definitely pick up pick them up because there's like easy drinking, delicious beer. They're called Moon Tucky. Okay. Like one word, like Moon Tucky, and then the nickname is Colt Snacks. Um, so is it like a pilsner or a lager or what? Yeah, yeah, like a like a yes, like pilsner is a type of lager, so it's yeah. like that, like a yeah. simple, easy drinking yeah. beer, nice. but really, really tasty. Cool. All right, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have one right now. <laughs> cool, Muntuck, if you want to sponsor us, <laughs> real quick. Speaking of super, super quick. Speaking of of sponsors, yeah. So Norm McDonald, he would uh, on his podcast, he would have sponsors but he would always fuck him up like i don't know why people like like, <laughs> like, like fuck up not, the names i like he, he would turn to the guest and be like hey isn't that a great deal sort of thing and like the guest, like, I, <laughs> he, 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 um, he was advertising dollar shave club yeah the dollar shave club 
and Andy Dick was on his show. And he's like, so with Dollar Shave Club, uh, you, Andy, isn't that an amazing deal? For $1, you get all of your shaving needs met. They send uh, new razor blades to your house just for $1 a month. Isn't that amazing? And Andy Dick's like, yeah, that's, I mean, it's not just for my face though, right? And, you know, and then Norm goes, no, no, there are no rules with this company because uh, after all, they are a company that send razor blades to your home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like that'd be a rite of passage though. Like if it was my company, I'd like love for Norm to just like kind of fuck with it. I would, it's just like, you know, if, if you're a super famous pop star, it's like, oh sweet, like Weird Al Yankovic did a parody of one of my songs. Yeah. What a great, or you're I always gonna, on South Park or something. Like, you're never going to be in like, in, in like want of sponsors when you're yeah. like, like Tim Dillon. He just like, he'll like be doing an ad. He'll be like, ah, they're not gonna be with us much longer. Just like, fuck <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> he'll say, fuck them. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. Do you ever see him live? No, I haven't. I, I, I do like Tim Dillon though. I, I would love I, to. I yeah, a lot of oh, he's he's amazing. I, his shows, I dying. So I, I for some reason I listen to a lot of them in the grocery store. Maybe like when the episode comes out, like I just yeah. happen to to be like it's on the weekend or something. So I'm yeah. like, and I'm just like laughing to myself. You're just like looking at me. They're like my earplugs and like laughing, picking out yogurt. It's like, what is this person doing? This is going to be a nice neighborhood. I like when he does intellectual. So, so do you listen to Lex Friedman at all? I do. I, I follow him. I probably yeah, listen yeah. to an episode in like six months. Like I, I'll throw him on once in a while. Yeah. I love Lex, but like sometimes his episodes are like, dude, this is too much. Like this yeah, is too yeah. much for me. Tim Dillon's been on. And it's really? He's been on Lex yeah. Friedman. Yeah, and it's pretty interesting. I mean, okay. Tim Dillon. Like, I'll, I'll, being, I'll seek out that episode. It's it's a good episode. He talks a lot about he talks a lot about conspiracy theories, but I love how he does I it in a way that. where he doesn't sound crazy. Where it's just sort of like at the very least, you know, the average American should have a decent amount of like healthy yes. skepticism of yes, a healthy skepticism of institutions and your government is like a good thing and yeah. people in power. Like yeah. that's good. That's how we don't get like become a totalitarian state. Right. And conspiracy is like uh, the media has made conspiracy into a negative thing. Like conspiracy yeah. just means conspiring, like two right. people coming together to commit a crime. Like that's yeah. the legal definition more or less. And yeah. like now it's turned into like aliens, like shit like that. Like, yeah. Exactly, and yeah. and, I, and I'm sorry, a lot of conspiracies have become fucking true or like pretty sure. close to it or like yeah. parts of it. So I don't know. It's kind of like, who's why it's kind of like, who's watching the watchman. It's like that. Concept. Exactly. Right. And I love how he's just a lot of like, yeah, I mean, like, it's not a stretch of the imagination to believe that corporations are in bed with the government. And then you would look up yeah. Wikipedia pages about this. Like, it's, it's, there are things where it's pretty mainstream. Yeah. It's pretty easy to find this, but people like to think that, you know, that they are oh, completely independently minded. So I, it's, uh, I can be pretty quiet around people. And like, I was out fairly early on in my relationship with my girlfriend and her parents who were at a Greek restaurant, like one of our yeah. favorite places and JFK comes up and uh, I go through the entire rundown of JFK. No. Like, you know, but this is how it actually happened. So it's not like, it's like it was a cover up, but it's not as conspiratorial as you think. It was more of like an accident and all this shit. And I can yeah. tell them like, Oh God, I'm losing them. Like, uh, they were just <laughs> about it. <laughs> and I stick with it. It was an accident. It was more yeah. about covering up so we don't look weak in front of the Soviets and the right, right. and the uh Secret Service was out partying all night and someone accidentally discharged a weapon. Of course, Oswald was still one of the shooters and he wasn't technically the only shooter, he was the only purposeful shooter. No. And I'll stop there. But like, no. yes, it was no. <sighs> but anyway. We should have do a an weekend, Joe. Uh, no, you too, Ben. Uh, no, it'd be fun to do an episode like on movies or TV shows that that dive into conspiracy theories or something. That'd be kind of fun. Sure. Talk about JFK. That'd be fun. But uh... all right, man, this was fun. Well, have wait, hold on. Did I speaking of Halloween? Did I ever tell you about my my costume two years ago? I was a parody oh. of myself, oh. and I wore uh, a, a tinfoil hat 
and <laughs> this jacket and a shirt. And I taped a piece of paper that said, the media can't lie to you if there is no truth. <laughs> like, <laughs> a, like, you can't laugh at yourself. But anyway. Oh. So. All right. Go enjoy whatever non-binary thing you're doing in L.A. I, I look forward to hating it. So. <laughs> All right. We got that. All right. Talk to you soon. All right. Later. Hey, Reckless. Fight the crits, everyone. Dude, Bye. Oh.